Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is... James. And to my right is... Moran! I like movies! And I like weird, nerdy, stupid, independent movies! Brad, how do you feel about... Uh, oh, what's that fucking show? Um, the Big Bang Theory. Are you it's the best show on TV! Yeah, wow! Yeah, you are the worst. In case you couldn't tell, that is me being Brad, and Brad's not really here, because it didn't sound anything like Brad. Wait, Brad's not here? Oh, dude, is my impression that good? Oh, yeah, no, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, hey, guess what we saw this week? The Grey. Good guess. I know. Liam Neeson versus Wolf. a wolf. Wait, there are, there are many wolves. There is many wolves. There's a plethora of wolves. There is. It's kind of like Jaws the Revenge. Remember how they, like, uh... Is there see- more than one wolf in that? What is- <laughs> No, is there, the shark would seek revenge against specific people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Except way better done. Anyways. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, they don't uh, kill the wolf by shooting it with a boat. Um, Brad's not here, but we'll do... Uh, quickly, we'll do... Oh, yeah. Box office performance this week. I forgot that we added this. Um, the first movie, uh, box office performance, was Underworld, which I saw, which I'll get to later. We call him that. Yeah. I totally... Well, yeah. yeah. Not that surprising, Because that means that uh, Kate Beckinsale is like the queen of January. She is. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, two num- different movies. Number two was Red Tails, which actually made more what? money than people thought it would. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of disappointed. I wanted that thing to sink. It wasn't going to. <laughs> I guess it's true. Um, number three was something else. I don't remember. But I know, do know Haywire opened at like number seven. With like yeah. uh, nine million or something, which isn't that shocking. I did uh, follow up with, you know, we were talking about her voice being altered. Yeah, what they did is they digitally lowered her voice because I guess her voice was too high. What? Yeah. If anything, I would expect them to raise her voice to make it sound more feminine. Yeah, isn't that bizarre? Huh. Guess she didn't sound tough enough. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. Uh, yeah. So there's a quick recap of the new movies. Um, Underworld, unsurprisingly, was number one. Red Tails was surprisingly... I think it made like 18 million people were surprised. And then there's like conflicting reports. I heard that George Lucas put up $110 million for it. Ugh. But then when I looked at the budget on Box Office Mojo, it said $58 million. Well, sometimes there's is a guess. And uh, you I don't, don't, think they don't include know how much the, the marketing. marketing. They yeah. don't. Um, yeah, that's simply the So I guess another $50 budget. million for marketing probably makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Usually you take that... that that budget and you just double it and that's what the marketing costs um unless it's really a small movie but, that's true yeah um so sweet it's time for real news yay it's real news um very quickly because the oscars is probably going to dominate this um this means war remember we didn't know what the mo- title of the movie where Spy <laughs> yeah. vs. Spy. Yeah, this yeah. means war is rated R. Uh-huh, which much is weird. To the, much to the chagrin of Mick G. Well, and it's it's bizarre <laughs> because the trailer we saw tonight says President's Day, but they moved it back to Valentine's Day, and now that it's R, they're talking that they might undo that and move it back to Friday again. Really? Uh, since they don't think that people will go out to see a rated R movie, and it's just for sexual content. Yeah. I can't believe that what's in that movie is any worse than, say... I don't know. Well, I was about to say uh, Underworld, but Zach and Mary. Is rated R. <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah. because that this is this means War lost their appeal to the ratings board. Oh, they actually appealed. They did because they wanted well, a PG thirteen. Few movies appeal and actually get yeah their their ratings changed. 
So it was yeah. kind of interesting. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to see it. I'll probably have to go see it because of... And uh, He was pointing to Laura. And my wife. She, <laughs> she likes stuff like that. Um, yeah. But we'll see. Obviously, and it, it struck a chord with the audience when we saw the movie day because the trailer came out and people were laughing and having a good time. I was laughing too, but only ironically. Is it because we're supposed to take a director seriously and he goes by McG? Dude, I like McG. <laughs> Okay. No, really. No, really. Charlie's Angels is a good movie. Do you know that porn directors rename themselves, too? Really? Yeah. I think it's... To what? Like, director Manrod? I think it's, like, a good one. Uh, I Calling what? yourself McG's a director reminds me of. Yeah, I think it was a nickname. I think it... I yeah, mean, I believe it was last like a name's, like, yeah. McGrath or something. Yeah. Um, in my weekly Spidey news... Um, they're focusing heavy on Peter Parker's father when they release the uh, official um, synopsis of the movie hmm. where he's trying to figure out who his father was and that his father worked at Oscorp with Dr. Kurt Connors, which is kind of goes the ultimate Spider-Man route um, a little bit. The cat is eating. Um, the, do you have any? Microphones. She was. She'll play with I just want to get that on wax so that Brad knows when he listens to this <laughs> that we're letting the cat eat the microphone. Um, do you have some news for me? Oh, yeah, we, we got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, okay, we can leave the Oscars to last. What a great climax that'll be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a few little things I want to talk about. This week, they found, uh, they found a new... Actually, it's not even a new thing. They found Ed Wood's Final Curtain, which was a TV show that he made that uh, nobody's ever really had a chance to see. They're going to premiere it at South by Southwest, West, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess when when Ed Wood was like trafficking it around and trying to sell it to people, he would tell people that Bela Lugosi died reading the script to Final Curtain, which basically it's this, it's this kind of like twilight zone-esque kind of show but mm-hmm. made by ed wood so it's complete garbage sure uh, i am too excited to see this <laughs> right. uh honestly like i can't i want them to put this out on dvd sometime so that i can see it because uh, obviously i'm not going to south by southwest um the other thing is they're talking about making a spin-off of the office that will star rain oh Wilson. that's right yeah i did catch so that. basically it'll be a dwight spin-off this is I'm going back to what I said two years ago. They needed to kill The Office. It needed to just end and end respectfully. You know, uh, Michael Scott leaves and that's the end of that show because this is going to be the worst thing I can ever imagine. Like, <laughs> you you don't take the sort of comic relief villain of the show and make him the center of a different show. Yeah, that's like, hard. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. I can't imagine that that will ever actually work. Yeah, I, I couldn't even... I don't even know where you'd go with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's not a likable character. I don't... No. I mean, there are little moments where, like, when uh, when Jim and Pam are having their baby, and he goes over to their house looking for something and ends up remodeling their kitchen because they had mold. Mm-hmm. Like, there are little weird things that he does like that where you sort of see his humanity, but not in the way that Michael Yeah, Scott actually, did. I think his uh, best moment humanity-wise was when Pam was the office manager... And she's afraid of that she's going to lose her job because Dwight was putting in all these rules. And yeah. then he had his cousin Mose tell her this thing so she could circumvent his authority. But he was oh, actually yeah. the one who told her told him how to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has a couple good moments in that Yeah, show. he does. I, I just can't see... A lot of that, sh- that character is built on sort of like these random ideas that they thought were funny, like the fact that he runs a beet farm and he mm-hmm. has his weird cousin Moe's, and, like, those things are so off the wall. It's kind of like what we talked about with On Stranger Tides, where, like, 
Captain Jack Sparrow is great in small doses as as a side character, but if you really made him the main character, you you're you're gonna start seeing the transparencies of he's a beet farmer and things yeah. like that. Like you're gonna have to find stories about yeah. him growing Agreed. beets. What what is that? <laughs> um, but anyway, the the other two things are uh, Uggy retired after ten years in filmmaking. Mm. Uggy the dog from the artist, and he was great in the artist. He was, yeah. <laughs> basically made one movie and then retired <laughs> but good for him and then there was this thing I just want to talk about this because I think it's funny um, a whole bunch of websites had these articles about how Variety was spoiling The Walking Dead uh, because they they released this story um, Frank Darabont who started The Walking Dead is starting a show called L.A. Noir. Oh, yeah. no, no relation to the, the video game um, and that one of the actors from The Walking Dead is going to move over onto L.A. Noir. And, of course, what that means is that he's going to get killed in The Walking Dead. And so we know, oh, this character is going to die probably this season so he can be in the show. Well, it's the character we all already knew was going to die. Yeah. If you've read the book, you know yeah, that character that. has I know, to die. When I read that, I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I actually expected it to tell you Yeah, I kept scroll- I scrolled down because I was like, especially oh, man, this how is much... really going to be something. And then it was that guy. Yeah, especially how much of a dark side he kind of takes. Uh, oh, yeah, where we are now, you know. Like, and then oh. did you watch the trailer for the second season? No, season, they have a, a shot of Carl with the cow, uh, the sheriff's hat on in the <sighs> woods, uh, raising they a gun. They don't. They don't. They do. No. Okay. Okay. I feel bad that you just said that because now we really did just spoil what happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because it's yeah. more than just shit. All right. Well, I, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. You now know the big secret. Well, I mean, but, how many people actually watch the TV show and don't read the comic though? A lot. I mean, that show does really good, and comics do really poorly. The truth is, no one... I mean, comics are dying, and... Yeah, and Laura keeps pointing to herself. She hasn't read it. Yeah, um, but I've already talked to her about it, so she knows, I think. I don't know. Yeah, you ruined it for me. Good. <laughs> good. Still, that's all right. Um, man. Anyway, hey, but you know that After that debuts, the Kevin Smith comic book show debuts on AMC oh, yeah. at this, I'm looking right forward after. to that. So it should be fun. Yeah. Uh, the first picture I saw, official picture of it, some dude brought in a Chucky doll for the guys to look at, so it'll be kind of interesting. It's going to be like Pawn Stars, only with comics, comic and that's what Kevin Smith wanted to do. Um, so it'll cool. be fun. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a nerd night on AMC, between yeah. The Walking Dead, the comic book show, and then after the comic book show, it's uh, The Talking Dead with Chris Oh, Hardwick. they are still going to do it. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. i got to start watching that. You should. It's pretty good. Okay. All right, so um, now on to the, the so, silly Oscars. So we'll go on to the Oscars. Um, I think we should start by saying that uh, I, I totally agree with everything that Brad says in his article that he wrote. Oh, yeah, you, you should check you should that out on our it. Tumblr account. His whole Real statement about how silly and political this whole thing has gotten oh, is it's, absolutely it, true. It's completely political. That way we don't have to say it. Um, I, I, I'll go through um, the actors first, and then I, I wrote just down the actors – Supporting actor, actresses, and supporting actresses because those are, and director and best picture. Yeah. Um, because actually, um, all the movies that I think should have got nominated for best visual effects did Transformers, Real Steel, Harry Potter. Yeah, sure. And uh, I'm forgetting one. Uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And Hugo. And Hugo. Um, Which Hugo will win because you know a mouse. Oh, yeah. Totally. Gosh. Um, so. Um, in the actor categories, um, Demain Bircher of A Better Life. I have not seen A Better Life. Have you seen A Better Life? Nope. Don't I, even know what it is, so I, he I won't win. 
George Clooney for The Descendants, which I found out Jim Rash, who plays Dean Felton on uh, Community, wrote that movie. Uh huh. Yeah, he did. Um, Gene Desjardins for The Artist, um, Gary Oldman and Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, and Brad Pitt in Moneyball. Um, my f- pick for this will be Brad Pitt. Out of those, absolutely. Of those, um, uh, George Clooney here is, uh, to me, sticks out because I don't think he's really. Um, like he's good in that movie, but it's not a particularly great George Clooney role. Yeah, like he's a. But I have a feeling actually um, Gary Oldman's going to win it because I've read a lot of um, articles about the movie, and they said that it's the kind of movie that you win Oscars in and his performance. Mm. I think Jean Desjardins. Yeah, he. 100%. I mean, he's. I, I have a feeling that the artist is going to just well, sweep. Well, I hope. Stuff. I mean, it's one of the things. Um, for best supporting actor, it's Kenneth Branagh for My Week with Maryland. Jonah Hill for Moneyball, which is really surprising. Yeah. Um, Nick Nolte for Warrior. Did anybody see that movie? No. Uh, Christopher Plummer for Beginners, which I actually do want to see because I thought it had an interesting premise. And um, Max von Sydow. Sydow. For uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. It doesn't say a word in it. Nope. Um, So out of those, I think it'd be kind of funny to see Jonah Hill win. (laughs) But... um, No. I, I'm guessing it's probably going to go to um, Christopher Plummer for Beginners. Probably. Because everyone has been talking about that movie. And, it, should, uh, it should be Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, but Kenneth Branagh is amazing. Uh, man. The little subtle things he did with uh, Lawrence Olivier was pretty impressive. It might be. I can see, because there's a surprising number of Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close nominations. I could see this being the one that it takes. And they yeah. give it to Max von out just to give that movie an Oscar. Agreed. Um, for Best Actress, Glenn Close and Albert Nobbs. There's really no surprises here. Um, Viola Davis in The Help. <laughs> you said it. Uh, Rooney Mara in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Meryl Streep in The Iron Lady. And Michelle Williams with My Week with Marilyn. Which, um, my two favorite in this are Rooney Mara and Michelle Williams. Those are my two favorites. Um, of course, I haven't seen Albert Nobbs because that movie looks stupid. <laughs> Same thing with um, The Iron Lady. Looks stupid. I think it should be Viola Davis. and uh, But you know what? A lot of people think it should be Viola Davis, and I would be sad if she won it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully she... Uh, I, I hope it's either Viola Davis or... Um, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Yeah. Um, for the Best Supporting Actress, Bernice Bejo in The Artist. Great. Jessica Chastain in The Help. Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids. Janet, Mc, Janet McTeer in Albert Nobbs and Octavia Spencer in The Help. That Melissa McCartney one is weird. I I can't understand why she's there. I mean, I think they wanted to put somebody funny in there. I don't know why. I, it's I think weird. Everybody really loves Bridesmaids. I really thought it was overrated, but um, it was funny. But I'll get to, I think, the most overrated movie that I can't believe. <laughs> I, um, no, I know what it is. Um, for the uh, best director, the artist, Michael Hanzu Vicious. Hanzan Viocious. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> and it's Michelle, it'd be my guess. Um, the Descendant, Alexander Payne. Hugo, Martin Scorsese. What a fucking cop out. Um, uh, Terrence Malick in The Tree of Life. And uh, Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris. I don't think there's one here. Well, no. Uh, the artist deserves to be there. Woody Allen. Yeah. I still haven't seen Midnight in Paris, so maybe that one. The other three, I don't think deserve to be there. No, I, especially Hugo. Uh, I can't. Uh, well, yeah, Hugo is shittily directed. It straight is straight up. Did you know it's nominated for best editing too? I think it's uh, one of the worst edited movies of the year. Yeah. Um, 
And then the best picture actually has nine entries into it, which is surprising to me. Yeah. Um, First of all, it apparently there is this rule that it has to do with it's a percentage many, of how many people give it like their number one overall. I don't right, even understand like, it. Like every every movie that's nominated has to have like two percent of votes or something like yeah. that. Entertainment and, Weekly had like a ten page article about voting for the Academy Awards. I don't even fucking understand ridiculous. it. Why it's isn't it just the top ten? I mean, that was the whole when they when they went from five to ten a couple of years ago. The whole idea was well. Okay, we're going to keep nominating the five bullshit political movies that we always nominate, mm-hmm. and one of those five will win. But then we'll nominate five other movies that are mainstream and popular to get people to watch this boring-ass, way-too-long piece of entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's clearly not what they did this year. No. This year they went and were like, no, well, no, there's only nine, and all nine of them are going to be pretty much the things that you expect them to be. Yeah. It's the most boring list of nine movies I've ever seen them do. Yeah. Um, so the nine are the artist, the descendants, extremely loud and incredibly close, which is getting not very good reviews. I don't know how it got in there. I, I've um, I've met plenty of like, I've I've seen people say good things about that movie. I, know, I have to go check it out. Um, I have a free movie ticket. Maybe I'll go do that tomorrow. Um, the help, Hugo. What the fuck is that doing on there? I don't know. Midnight in Paris, um, Moneyball, Tree of Life, and Warhorse. Um, I think. Moneyball, Warhorse, and The Artist should be in there. The Help should be in there. Um, the Help. I haven't seen Midnight in Paris. I'm kind of interested to see it now. Because yeah. even the premise is kind of goofy. Yeah. Where Owen Wilson goes away uh, every night and he travels in time or something. Yeah, he goes back to the, the, the 20s in yeah. Paris. Um, so it sounds interesting. And it's it's I think it's partially on this list because it's a year when they can nominate Woody Allen for something. Yeah, probably. Because most of the time he makes movies that aren't really something they can get away with nominating. Yeah. Um, um, War Horse, I think it won't win because it's it's. I think it's a good movie, but I think s- people take Steven Spielberg for granted. and It's kind of just I, put in there. I think that they think that that is their that that and the Help are the two movies that are going to get people to watch this show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think they think like, oh, old people like the like War Horse. That's you know probably. Mm-hmm. A thing. Yeah, I agree. But I don't. It doesn't make sense on this list. It's just. Uh, it's it's a boring ass. It is. I, I hope the artist wins. Um. I, I think it'd be awesome if Moneyball won. Yeah, um, but Moneyball is the best movie on this list. But we'll see. Um, so yeah, that that was my thing that I went through, and I was uh, kind of disappointed. And I, when I did my list of um, movies from 2011, I put Hugo like number 46. <laughs> I think it's the most overrated movie of the year. I yeah. don't understand why people are so in love with it. I mean, yeah, I think it's bad. Like the farther away from that movie I get, the less I like that movie. Exactly. Do you feel sometimes when people love movies like that? And I mean, we're in a minority because it it, it got amazing reviews. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. do you feel like you you've missed something in it? Like you have to watch it again to maybe appreciate um, it. I I have that with other movies. There are other movies where I I do I do that where mm-hmm. people love that movie and I get to a place where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back. Minority Report is one of them. Like yeah. I hated Minority Report for a long time. Um, I saw it in theaters and then didn't see it again and people loved that movie and eventually I went back and I kind of was like okay alright this is not so bad I like most of this movie uh, Hugo I fully understand what's going on in that movie Yeah. I also fully understand why I don't like it yeah, me too you know, that's not I can't see myself going back to that and going like oh okay so now any of this is emotionally impactful no no, it falls flat on its face I think it's one of those movies where it's Scorsese and he's kind of you know it's movies 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 and it's yeah. the golden era of movies and i think people um 
kind of felt that way. Anyways, yeah. Um, so that's um, the news. Um, I watched uh, a few things this week. You did. Um, me and Laura went and saw Underworld, um, <laughs> and I actually liked the movies. And I didn't think the new one was that bad. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the the biggest problem with it actually, and it's not even that big of a deal because you know what you're getting into when you go to see them. I mean, yeah. I do anyways. Yeah. Um, you're gonna get this sort of silly action movie with some gore and such. Yeah, I thought there's two bad parts plot. in it. Um, one is that when Kate Beckinsale was cryogenically unfrozen, is this mist covered all her good parts? Yeah, yeah. But it, like, it's it like really uh, poor CGI, though. It's that argument that I always have with uh, uh, Beowulf, where I'm like, you know, either make the person naked or put them in clothes, but don't do all of this like Wilson on the other side of the fence obvious <laughs> yeah. bullshit. It's just distracting. It's bad filmmaking. But yeah, actually, I thought, I didn't think the movie was that bad. In fact, I thought the uh, little girl who's Kate Beckinsale's um, daughter, daughter in it actually was not too bad. Um, Laura didn't like it. No, I just think it's funny because she used, she is in a show called The Secret Life of American Teenager. Oh, well, I don't oh. know that shit. She watched the first season of that. She is horrendous. Are you sure? No. She's British in it? What's... She's not British. She's American. And it's just like deadpan delivery of everything. Yeah, I, I, have was, no idea. I was impressed that she'd come so far, but I couldn't help but think of her character. Uh, I've, I've never watched that What's show. What's the name though? of that actress? Because there is... I don't even know if it's the same person, but there is a, an actress from that show... No, Who's you're talking now... about the girl in the Descendants. It's not her. Yeah, that's right. The girl in the Descendants was from that, and she's great. Um, yeah, shoot. I'll have to look it up because yeah. that girl who was in Underworld, like, was she the main character in in Secret no, Life of the American she Teenager? She was like the main character's emo little sister. Uh, I I, I suspect know. that it's the main character from that show. Is in the Descendants. Yeah, it is. I think that's I think it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and she's amazing. Yeah, they said in Entertainment Weekly they have a bullseye in the back, and they had her off the bullseye. It said going from the Descendants back to American uh, Secret Life, American Teenage Daughter. Oh uh, man! Um, so I thought it was cool. If you like the movies, you'll like them. It was kind of weird when they had like a stand-in double for Scott Speedman. What? I mean, what the fuck is he doing right now? <laughs> Did he ask for too much money? Oh wow! I mean, he's only the dude's only in the movie for like five minutes, but it's bizarre. Uh, does. Is it weird that the movie is like a completely new story and not really related to the old story, or is it more related than I think it is? Oh, it's more related than you think it is. Oh, okay. And they have like a super huge werewolf in it. I mean, it's all right. Cool. Whatever. You know, it's action. Yeah. Except they had these strobe lights always going off when there was an emergency at the factory they're holding Kate Beckinsale in, or the lab. I'm like, why do they have strobe lights? Why don't they just... Because to me, if the lights are keep on like fading and re like appearing, I, I'm guessing they're doing it for looks but that's not very efficient yeah um this is not good emergency lighting no (laughs) i also watched real seal again and i love that movie silly and i i seriously i don't know what why it pulls on my heartstrings so much but like i i almost cry every time i watch it i love hugh jackman and that little boy in it i don't i don't hate that movie i want to make it clear i don't hate that movie i just can't believe how much you like that movie ryan have you seen real steel Oh. Laura thinks it's stupid. You should check I it out. It's really dumb. I don't know, yeah. robots fighting and then making it like a father-son story to me is just yeah. donkulous. Sounds great. <laughs> Why didn't it touch me more? I don't know. It, 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 yeah, yeah, right. It's Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the movie. It's Maybe great. because I'm not like a dude, but after the movie was really stupid. No, I loved it. but So, I, I, I don't care. I loved it. Um, I also watched Gothica because I've discovered that Robert Downey Jr. is my favorite actor. 
and he's in that movie. No way. So I, I mean, it was instant streaming. So I decided to put it on. The movie's not good. <laughs> um, That's it, what it's, I remember. It's one of those um, ghost house pictures that. It deals with ghosts, obviously. <laughs> uh, or Dark Castle, I'm sorry. Dark Castle. Ghost House is Sam Raimi. Sorry, Sam. Yeah. Um, Ghost, uh, Dark Castle is a company that um, Robert Zemeckis and a couple other guys started where they're going to basically remake William Castle movies. Like uh, 13 Ghosts, House on Haunted Hill. I was just going to say, wasn't 13 Ghosts one of them? And yeah. then they did. Then they started doing the original stuff, which was Ghost Ship. Which has a cool opening, and then there's a really hot chick who walks around naked in it. And uh, and then they made Gothica, which is an original, and it stars Halle Berry. Right. And she is a psychiatrist in an all-women's prison. And one day on her way home, um, in the pouring rain... I was going to say, the rain is involved, and a, abso- piece of, a piece of glass, some um, fog. No, it, fog, but it's stupid. There's this, there's this girl who's standing in the middle of the road, so she crashes her car. And there's this girl. Why didn't she in, just hit the brakes? And there's a girl standing in the middle of the road, and so she goes to talk to her. Then all of a sudden, it cuts, and she's inside the prison. And now Robert Downey Jr. is her psychiatrist, and he's in like four scenes. He's really good in him. He really is. But then the rest of the movie is just garbage. And it turns out her uh, she was possessed by this girl who was um, put in a snuff film by her husband, and she murdered her husband. I hope I didn't ruin the movie because if you ever want to go watch it, you don't need to. Wait, and she murdered Penelope Cruz is in it. Wait, okay, so the, so the girl I don't she know saw. Why the, I'm trying to figure out. The so the girl she out. saw in the middle of the street was actually a ghost. No, I got, I knew that. And so when she, she was in the street, I was like, oh, it's a ghost, right? And then she possessed Halle Berry. Okay. And Halle Berry went home to her husband. Oh, okay. And murdered I her see. husband ah. because he made a snuff film and murdered that gotcha. girl. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Because when you said snuff film, I was like, how did the little girl murder her husband if she was killed in a snuff film? Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. That sounds almost as bad as eight millimeter. It, it it's like eight millimeter, but there's a ghost in it. <laughs> <laughs> and no Nick Cage. Oh, that's a ta- that should be the tagline on that movie. It's like eight <laughs> millimeter, but there's a ghost in it. Um, I also oh. watched uh, the documentary called uh, "The Pixar Story," which I thought was really fascinating, and how they got their start was really kind of cool. Hmm. Um, if you should watch it, it's on Netflix. I won't bore everybody, but it's basically how Steve Jobs invested in Pixar, which was a George Lucas company, right. which George Lucas invented. This thing called a computer called Pixar, which, and then they turned it into uh, something Droid Super Editor, where he could edit it digitally. Right. That they made, and then those guys wanted to make um, cartoon stuff uh, with computers, and they said, "Well, you have to have." George Lucas said, "I don't have forty because people don't remember George Lucas actually broke for a long time. Yeah. Because he got a divorce and didn't have a prenup, so his wife took almost all his money. That's one of the reasons why he made the prequels a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. um not that he i mean he wrote them a long time ago and then sure he, he decided to make them uh but anyways they broke off and they started off doing um little shorts and they did like the tropicana i don't know if you remember the orange and the straw commercials yeah they made those commercials oh, and they wow. did a couple other ones and um steve jobs invested 10 million dollars in them and uh they pitched the idea of Toy Story to Disney, but originally Woody was like a total little dickhead because they wanted it to be edgy and cool. And uh, Disney, when they saw it, like the storyboards and the, you know, the script and stuff, Disney said, this is shitty and nobody will like Woody. And so uh, John Lasseter went back, threw everything out, 
and made Toy Story, um, this new storyboards and everything in two weeks. Oh, wow. Repitched the movie with Tom Hanks as Woody because um, they what they and they said, oh, we love it. And what they did to get um, Tom Hanks to come on board is they animated a little Woody with uh, his lines from Tango and Cash. It was uh, <laughs> uh, Turner, uh, Turner and Hooch. Turner I'm sorry. and Hooch, yeah. And so it's pretty funny seeing that. And so it's a really huh. interesting little documentary. Now, now they're, I mean, is Joss Whedon in that in it at all? No, because I I've never gotten a clear answer on exactly how he is involved in that movie. Like at some uh, he point, he wrote the script and, and he got an Oscar for it. I don't know. Um, yeah, they never mentioned him in it. Yeah, I do know that about him. But it was what the part, my favorite part about it is when they became so big, and when Disney tried to acquire him and they didn't offer them enough money, and they said, you know what, we're going to shop around. And then when Disney came back and offered them, I think um, six billion dollars. Um, Pixar said the only reason we're going to do it is if you let us make traditional hand-drawn animation too or finance it. So they didn't make like The Princess and the Frog, but they didn't want to be known as a studio that put the kibosh on hand-drawn animation. Right. So yeah. that was part of their deal is Disney has to produce hand-drawn animation for Pixar. Huh. And it was really kind of cool that John yeah. Lasseter fought for that because he got fired off the Brave Little Toaster. And so he wasn't even working at Disney for a long time. Right. So it's kind of an interesting story. Yeah. Check it out. It's like an hour and 50 minutes. So, you know, yeah, no, a lot covered. Um, and then the last thing I saw a lot this week um, was Touch, the new Kiefer Sutherland show. Which is actually the only thing that I saw this really? week. Really? Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the show? Um, when it started, like, I really knew nothing about the show and had no expectations mm-hmm. going in. Um, I didn't even remember that it was the Kiefer Sutherland show. I was just like, oh, yeah, that new show Touch started. Didn't remember what it was, but it was like, all right, I'm going to watch this. Uh, and it starts, and that that opening like narration by the kid. I was like, okay, this is clearly going to be somebody trying to make a Lost. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to make a show like Lost. That's mm-hmm. you know, weird stuffs going on, and what do we, you know? Um, but man, I and, and it it put me on edge at first. I was like, okay, it's yeah. gonna be another one of these. It's gonna be like Alcatraz or whatever, which is like, hey, weird shit. Man, I loved that episode. Me too. I absolutely loved that episode. I love that uh, they let Kiefer Sutherland actually act. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. I love 24. It's one of my favorite shows ever. Yeah. But he, you know, in that he's running, he's yelling, he's shooting. Right. And this he was, you know, all he wants is his son to, you know, touch him and feel. He wants to, because uh, his wife died in September 11th. That's kind of like a recurring theme lately. Yeah. But his wife died in September 11th and his son is autistic or what do they call it mutistic well they uh well yeah doctors think that he's autistic he at one point calls it mutism mutism, mutism. just because his son has never talked yeah it's not necessarily his son is weird and doesn't talk and likes to write in books and stuff a lot mm. um so it's not they can't be for sure that he's autistic because since he doesn't talk exactly they, really, they can't get inside of his and head. i love that all Kiefer southern wants is you know for his son to touch him and yeah he to wants feel, to make a connection he wants to make a son. connection i think it's i think the show has lots of potential absolutely i the thing is um you know the way that i tell people to watch lost has always been like don't get invested in the mystery as much watch that show for its characters like mm-hmm. that is that is a character study first and then there's this other stuff and this this show does the same thing like yep it's actually it's written by i forget his name now it's written by one of the guys who started heroes tim and there's kring. a lot of stuff yeah tim kring uh there's a lot of stuff in here that's very familiar from heroes you know this idea that like there mm-hmm. are other people like this out here basically the premise is that this kid uh has some kind of magical or pseudo scientific power where he 
interacts with radio waves in some way. Like, mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what it is, but whatever his power is, he can kind of see the threads and make people connect. You know, yeah. He does these little things that makes other people connect together. Uh, and so what the show becomes is sort of these little anecdotes that then all tie together and you see these threads mm-hmm. um, the way that like uh, Magnolia or yeah something like that you know where all of these things are tied together like a Tarantino together. movie <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, it, but you know it's it's really well done and um, I was actually impressed because I, I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh, I don't know about the show kind of you know seems yeah. a little iffy but watching it you know it's it kind of got me interested in uh, the only bummer is is this is a special preview and the show doesn't come back until March 19th or oh, something. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. So I, I guess they're trying to get people excited and talking about it and then yeah. go and watch the show. Uh, anyway, where I was going was that this show is clearly doing the same thing where it's it's focused on these characters and like the climax of this of the episode unlike Alcatraz where the climax of that episode is like oh that girl was in the past too what what's going on <laughs> the climax of this episode is this really emotional moment when you know there is this breakthrough between two characters and you're like oh man like, yep. you're invested in those people as characters and not in whatever this mystery thing is yeah i read um, an interview with uh Kiefer Sutherland and he didn't he wanted to come back to tv almost as soon as he was done with 24 not because he wanted he had anything to prove or anything but he wanted to do something different and he said oh i was given a few scripts and then i read this one and i really wanted to do it because it's a different side i could yeah. play and I, I i agree and uh being a big Kiefer Sutherland fan from 24 I, i'm glad that he picked a different role and um is excited and i guess he's going to start shooting the 24 movie in april so we'll see yeah so, get, so get your i don't have much Kiefer. time to watch all of 24 then no, you don't. Especially it's like 200-something episodes. <sighs> Maybe exactly 200. I think the last episode's number 200. Oh, wow. Um, anyways, we saw The Grey this week with Liam Neeson. James, should people go see The Grey? Yeah. Um, Laura, should people yeah. see The Grey? Yes. Rafe, should people see The Grey? Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I'm shocked that this movie is in January. Yeah, and this is not a January. And it's a this pretty is, it's a pretty good movie. This is like a September October movie. Yep. So anyways, the trailer for The Grey. A job at the end of the world. I work security protecting men from the dangers they cannot see. There's not a second goes by when I'm not thinking of you in some way. way of south and we start walking this will be one of those wild stories you tell at a party <laughs> get up get up don't move stay right back at him if we can get to that tree line we can better defend ourselves get go 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 hold on you gotta be kidding me 
We could climb down. If we follow the river, we got a better chance of finding shelter. How are we gonna deal with this? We take them on, one at a time. I want to see your face. Feel your hands in mine. Don't stop! Him, Liam. The movie is a basically a survival horror movie. Yeah. Um, where Liam Neeson plays a guy named Ottaway. Otway? Ottaway? Ottaway? Otway? Yeah. O T T W A Y. His name's John. <laughs> and, uh, he is a he's a sniper for an oil company to protect right. the guys working on the rigs from animals, wolves, Mostly. from killing them, and. Uh, he is suicidal um, very early in the yeah. movie. He's narrating. He's got this sort of dark past. Um, you don't find That's out. That's all characters should. You, 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 what I liked is you thought maybe his wife left him um, because he wrote a letter to his wife saying, you're never going to see this, and I don't know why I'm writing this. Mm-hmm. Because you see glimpses of his wife, but she's always portrayed very sweetly and like kind of heavenly, and yeah. you find out why later. And um, so he's going through the stuff, and then they're leaving this rig, and they get on a plane. And talk about a terrifying plane crash. Oh, man. You know what's awesome is I'm totally flying next week, so I'm really hoping <laughs> that the... It's very much... It, there it's are a visceral. lot of parts of, it, parts of it that remind me of uh, the Lost opening. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's shot more visceral than... Especially the plane crash. But then when he, the, when he wakes up after the plane crash, and then, like gets up and walks over and sees the crowd. It's the shots from the opening of Lost. Oh, yeah. It literally is the opening shot of Lost, then the next shot, and then there's the plane crash. You're like, wait. Nah. But, yeah, that plane crash is amazing. Yeah, um, it is. It's pretty It's pretty scary. And the, um, the way it's shot is really cool because they kind of play with you at the beginning, and then Liam Neeson falls asleep and is... And they played on what the trailer did because in the trailer you saw his wife be sucked away and then, you know, it was snowing and he woke up in the snow. And they did that in the movie... But then he just woke up, and he's like, uh, and then it, he went back to sleep, and then the lights were off, and all the, you know, the um, stewardess were walking back and forth, then the plane just malfunctioned, or whatever happened yeah. to it. Um, well, then it goes through turbulence first, and then it yeah. comes down. Like, like it, it builds this tension very slowly, and then once it gets tense, it does not let up. No, and then, I mean, they, they crash in this wilderness, and right away, these wolves, they crash in the wolves' territory. Yeah. And these wolves start attacking them, and their first encounter with the wolves is actually they're eating the dead people from the plane wreck. Yeah. And um, Leah Neeson, you know, sees this girl, and he thinks that the the girl is saying something, but it's like the wolf just chowing down on this chick. Yeah. And uh, he gets in a little fight with it, and and then it just all goes downhill for those guys oh, after man, it. Oh, yeah. No. Um, and that, the, the movie then becomes a, like, okay, well, you know. And it's almost like, I would almost say it's a disservice to the movie that basically... As soon as one guy dies, it's then building to the next guy dying. Yeah. Like, you always kind of know, like, okay, well, then they got to find a different way to kill the next dude. Um, and it almost becomes, not formulaic, but, like, you, you it, see what they're close, doing. It's close, yeah. yeah. Um, because, I mean, the... we got to pick off the next one, the, you know? I, but the, I guess the... I don't know if it's cool, but they, they, everybody kind of dies in their own way. And, I mean, um, it is kind of... Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really get scared in movies, but it is terrifying when they're walking... 
and you mm. see a whiteout, and all of a sudden these wolves are converging on them. Yeah. Um, too bad some of the CGI wolves were too really bad. Yeah, the CGI is done by that company. I don't even remember what the name was now. Uh, I read it in the credits, and I was like, I've never heard of these people before. Um, um, the they're time, not the worst, but they're their signs they look pretty bad. When the wolves look really good is when they're animatronic and they're done by KMB. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, well, like when they're really and, close and yeah, and Joe Carnahan shoots them in a way that's sort of yeah, it's all, it's up close or he shoots them through trees and things like that and goes for more of a like a tonal shot than, than yeah. actually like hey, here's the wolves about to attack somebody. Um, speaking of which, it's directed by Joe Carnahan who. The last thing he did was the A Team, a way different movie, and even yeah. stylistically. And before that was Narc. Um, I, well, no, there was something between Narc and the A Team, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, uh, Smoke and Aces. Mm-hmm. So before that was Smoke and Aces, and then Narc, which was the movie that made him big, which was, I think, the closest thing to this. Narc yeah. is like a little cop drama sort yeah. of movie. Um, but I will say that the performances are uh, Liam Neeson's really good in it. Oh yeah, and he does have some great um, action B movie lines. Um, yeah. Where he said, "Let's stick a pull up this wolf's ass and eat it." Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. that that's pretty cool. And uh, wow, what did he? Uh, fuck, what did he say to that one guy when they're about to fight that Diaz guy? Uh, it, not the oh. blood in your mouth part, but it was like they're on the campfire. Oh gosh, darn it! Yeah, it was no, really no, no, funny because no. he kind of looked at the like... camera and like I, I don't know. It was really good though. Um, and I loved too when. Um, the last guy besides Liam Neeson dies. Sorry, it's no spoilers. You know they're all going to die. Um, he's sitting there and he's like pleading to God, you know, give me a sign. Give me a sign. And nothing happens. He's like, fuck it. I'll do it myself. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, it is. It's and, uh, um, and then there's the ending, which is the, the part ending. that's like, people are going to hate this movie. Like, even in our theater, like, when it, when, when it when the credits rolled, and I knew, I knew. I actually knew it was going to end there, too. Yeah, I knew, you know, it, it was obvious and... and uh, anyway, when when this credit started rolling, one of the the obnoxious dude behind us was like, "Well, that ending sucked," and I was like, "That's because you don't fucking understand this movie. Like, you missed what was going on. Exactly. And somehow you got to this ending and thought that this was going to be good or that they were going to get saved. Like, <laughs> at what point did you misunderstand what was happening? Because I mean, they even let you on because the poem that his father wrote at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, and he. I mean, obviously recited again at the end, but I mean that told you what was going to happen in this. Yeah, in this movie. Yeah, um, well, and and because by the end of the movie, it becomes this sort of nihilistic allegory for life mm-hmm. of like, you know, this is what it's like. Every day you wake up and you, you know, you do it again, and either you live or you die, and, and that is life. And you're like this, and it's it's that's what the poem is, um, and it's not necessarily a happy thought, but you no. know that's where the movie is. It's like, not it a happy movie. To, it has to end there. It does. You, know, you can't suddenly have this guy get rescued because then what? Like, okay, now he's on a plane? Yeah. Like, you know, his life doesn't get better. It's the same thing. Yep. And, I mean, there's I mean, there's great character moments, too. I like um, when he was comforting that one guy as he was dying at the very beginning yeah. in, the, in the plane. You know, he's mm. like, just, you know, you're going to die. Just let it go over. It kind of calmed him down. It was kind of interesting. Um mm. But make sure you stay after the credits because there is a scene after the credits. Yeah, it needs to not be there. Yeah, honestly, I, it doesn't honestly, need to when be. it comes up, I was you, like, oh, don't spoil this. But, like, but you know why I think it's in there? It's because they probably screened that movie for people. Probably. And they say, what the fuck? Yeah. Because you, I mean, it, you could not even be Liam Neeson at the end because you really don't see him. Um, but yeah, I. I I do like the movie, though. I thought it was cool. You don't see um, too many survival movies yeah. anymore. 
Um, and it really like it just it beats you up. Like, it does. There's, there's there not, are a uh, lot of gruesome, tense scene. There's a lot of. Like, it doesn't really let up. No, there's a there's a whole lot of like them sitting next to a campfire, and you're going like, okay, well, one of them's about to die. Yeah. Don't know when, but one of these guys is gonna get eaten by a wolf any day now. Like, here we go, and then you know. And they do have that great scene where you know, um, I, I thought it was a cool kind of um, twist where at the beginning Liam Neeson's thinking about killing himself, but at th- throughout the survival he's the one who's you know right. picking everybody up saying no you got to keep on going and then the one guy decided to give up mm-hmm. and um you know I, I, i've been watching a lot of man versus wild lately and bear grill says that's the one of the worst things you can do trying to survive is give up you have to keep your mind he says the most dangerous thing is in survival is your mind and if you let yourself think that you're gonna die then you're gonna die yeah and it was, it was kind of interesting um how he changed through the course of the movie find out what's really important honestly this movie feels like if if the coen brothers ever made a survivalist horror movie this is kind of what it would be especially with that ending like that ending reminds me very much of uh the end of no country it reminds me of the end of the road which is not the coen brothers but still yeah um, you know i was actually surprised um how much of the horror element played into the movie yeah i, I mean i knew I, th- I thought it was gonna be more of an action kind of survival movie but it really was a horror movie yeah. where these guys are trying to survive from monsters that are ripping them apart literally mm. great effects s- by Camby. i will say that the weakest part of that movie is there is a part where they have to get across a ledge to they have to get down a cliff basically and just the way that it's staged, like the idea of we have to jump off the sh- cliff and land in the trees on the other side and then climb down the trees is not a bad idea. But the way that it's shot and staged looks like an impossible jump. Like mm-hmm. it's never, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is really something cool they're it doing. It kind of looks it, like it, a matte painting. Yeah, it turns into something sort of silly like, okay, well, they this could never happen and we just got to get through this scene. And then somehow the wolves are at the bottom of the cliff again. And you're like, well, wait a second. How'd they get there so quick? Like, that <laughs> whole scene is not quite staged right. No, um, I agree. But, they, I mean, you could pick apart little things in it, but I don't... Th- as, as far as a surprising movie in January, definitely. Oh, yeah. I, I, I only bring that up because that was the one point where I was like, okay, this is where your... It, it, it was the place where I could see most clearly they, them, okay, now this time we're picking off this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was where it started to get formulaic and started to become more movie than, like just this tension-filled, how are these guys going to get away from these fucking wolves? Yeah. Which they don't. They do not. In fact... <laughs> they get closer. They yeah. are close, getting closer to the Liam wolves. Liam Neeson goes right into where he shouldn't. Oh, man. But yeah, the movie is awesome. Yeah. I, I enjoyed a, it. It's a really great movie, and quite a surprise for January. Very. Like, as, all, as much as I said last week about, you know, well, you know, we you have to grade Haywire on a different scale because it's in, in January. No, this movie in September or October would have been just amazing. But the know? movie theater is pretty packed, so I think this movie might do pretty oh, yeah. well. Yeah. And people really, throughout all of the movie, were reacting and clearly into the movie. Like they were, unfortunately. People were enjoying it. Uh, and then the ending. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, uh, you know, it, yeah. Some people are just rude and keep on talking, but yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Uh, the movie was good. I guess if you get an, a reaction from people, I guess that's all you want from your movie. I don't know if I like this movie. <laughs> yeah, some did, guy did yell that really loud that he didn't know if he liked the movie, so everybody knew. <laughs> oh, In case anybody dude. missed it. <laughs> Seriously. 
Anyway. So cool. You can like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You should like us. If you're our friends and you don't like us, that's fucked up. <laughs> um, you can read our blog, realnerds.tumblr.com. You can email me, realnerds at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, real underscore nerds. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. I won't be here next week. James, you know what movie you're going to see with Brad next week? Oh, no, I don't. I don't, I don't even know what comes out. I, I don't even I can even tell you. Uh, you could go see Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close and see what everybody's talking about. I, I do kind of want to. Um, um, and then the following week, hmm. I get back on the 10th. So um, I think The Woman in Black comes out. I really want to see that movie. Oh, man. Um, you guys are going to drag me to a horror movie. Um, but anyways, I'll be back on the 10th. If you guys want to see a late movie, I'm back like at 830 at night. All right. Um, so if you want to see like a 10 o'clock movie... So, um, did you want to tell the people what you're going to see? I'm looking it up right now because I really don't have any idea. I don't know either. Is it Chronicle next week? To yeah, Chronicle, Chronicle is next week. That's actually getting pretty good reviews. Yeah, so um, that's probably what we'll see. Probably If you're going to see it, let me know because I'll go see it when I'm in West Virginia. Sure. Because um, there's a movie theater. Actually, right The Woman in Black is next week too. I'm going to see The Woman in Black too. So. All right. That well, way, I have that nothing way. else to do out there. I have, I have nobody out there. It'll just be <laughs> yeah. me. In West Virginia. That way I don't have to see The Woman in Black. I can skip that one. <laughs> I actually think the trailer looks really good. I just... Me and horror movies, right? Yep. Okay. So anyways, um, so stay tuned for a Ryan-less episode of The Real Nerds. Oh, so then February 10th is probably Safe House with Denzel Washington. Denzel. Cool. <laughs> or Star Wars Episode One. Oh, uh, or Ryan Reynolds for my wife. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, get real. Uh, get some Birdman barbecue and listen to Real Nerds. Download us on iTunes. Come on. If you listen to us on our RS feed on um, Tumblr, you should download us on iTunes too. I think the sounds better on iTunes. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Bye.